At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOMMLP operating out of Burlington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator. It's The Rocket Shop. I'm your host, Tom Proctor. And we're doing something a little bit different tonight. Both my guests are sharing the interview. So with that in mind, um, this evening it, with me is Emma Back, and I am going to butcher your name every single time. Sunite, like so, sun and night together. Perfect way for me to remember. Sunite <laughs> Tomlinson. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Very Good. well, thank you. Great. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you guys so much for coming. Um... First of all, this is this is kind of unusual. Don't usually get two artists that um, you know are coming on separately, deciding to to interview and play together. So, what prompted the move? Emma Back is having a CD release party, um, and plus tomorrow and night at Arts Riot, Ooh. and I'm opening for her, and we've been co-producing the show um, together. So that started it. Yeah, and we just decided that it'd be nice to share and be able to play off of each other and banter a little bit and tell you all about this amazing event we have planned tomorrow. Excellent. Um, well, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, first of all, um, it would be great to hear some music to kick us all off with. Um, so, Emma, you're going first, it seems. Sure, I guess um, so. I just <laughs> got the grand gesture. You've been, you've been nominated. Um, would... Um, would you like to introduce the song before you play it? Sure. This is a song called Shadow, and it is off my record that's coming out tomorrow, Little World. And it's a song that's really about bearing witness to the parts of ourselves that we want to maybe suppress or we're afraid of or we don't love. And through kind of looking deeper at it, we can transform it to be our ally. And this is specifically speaking to feminine power. All right. Well... Take it away. Thank you. 
Very nice. Emma back there with Shadow. Um, great tune. Um, and what you don't really get to see at home listening to this is your use of looping, which is fantastic. That entire track was just literally created in front of my eyes. Um, when you're creating these multi-layered solo tracks, how do you even start the process? How does something like that get created? In terms of the songwriting? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, it's really interesting because looping changed my process a lot. I used to really be a lyrics and melody girl where I'd start with a line of um, one, one or the other, a line of lyrics or a line of melody and kind of weave the song. But looping um, is really just a process of beginning to improvise and playing with different sounds and different layers. And it usually comes from moments of improvisation and then looking back and kind of seeing, well, what what really served the song, what layers are actually needed, and then tweaking it. So a lot of times it now starts with a percussive element or um, pith element is very, very common as well for me. Hmm. Um, is, that, is that change, you said that the, uh, it certainly changed the way you created songs in terms of like lyrics and songwriting. Um, so now because you're starting with the percussion, do you, does it, do the, and is, did the percussion on the track drive you towards particular subjects at all? Do you feel that you can you can draw subjects out from the percussion? Mm. Um, I think it helped me become a little more wild. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, I think I wrote just a lot of ballads when I was playing keys and singing and writing songs, um, which is my EP from 2011. And so I wrote a lot of slow songs, and I wanted to write more upbeat fun things. The looping really allowed for that. I didn't start looping with percussion. I really started as a way to bring the violin back into my songwriting process. And then as I was playing with percussion, yeah, it just became a lot more upbeat and fun. And I don't know, maybe that one is danceable. A lot of songs aren't necessarily danceable, but just a little more, um, there's a lot more to work with, mm -hmm. a lot more freedom and a lot more expression. And uh, who, who or what got you into looping in the first place? What was the initial inspiration to give it a go? Well, initially it was because I was playing piano and singing and I had a band and then I was also in bands playing violin and I really wanted to find a way to bring those two worlds together. Mm -hmm. And also ever since I was a child, I wanted to sing two notes at the same time. And I found out that birds can actually do that. They have two sets of vocal cords, which is pretty amazing. And I was very upset when I found out that that was impossible for human beings. So I think like when I, when I um, actually, tonight, is the reason I'm looping. <laughs> I almost forgot to say that. <laughs> but tonight played one of my songwriters showcase, women's songwriter showcase when I was living in Boulder. It was six years ago last week because oh. Facebook yeah. told me that. <laughs> Thanks so, Facebook for making us all feel old. <laughs> yeah, so she, there she was up on this stage and doing these amazing vocal harmonies and layers and I just thought, oh my gosh, there is someone being a bird. Mm. <laughs> I want to do that. So I went and got a loop pedal, and it took me about three months to be brave enough to try it, and then fell in love. There we go. Um, did you guys know each other before that moment? or No, we didn't. So I was um, on tour. I'd booked a show at the Laughing Goat. Mm -hmm. There's a dancing goat in Olympia, Washington. So this is the, 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 laughing, the goat. laughing Goat in Boulder. Okay. And, um, and Emma was running the showcase, and it was a women's showcase. Um, so there were four of us, I believe, that night, right? Mm -hmm. And it was really awesome. I mean, especially being across country and doing a lot of bar gigs, that it was really nice to um, be surrounded by all these talented women and meet Emma, um, who then I found out was from Vermont. So it's been from, I guess, the West back to the East. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I like to say that tonight's what brought me back to Vermont. Oh. <laughs> I I think that's super sweet. So tonight, were you were you touring at the time and met Emma, and then you were always coming back to Vermont, and then you you happened to to come back up here because you were, you were born in Vermont, right? And I was born in Vermont. Yeah, and then I toured here. Well, you were touring for like you were. That was your life for. A that was my life for a minute. It was the plan was to have it be my life for a long time. Mm. And it was my life for a minute, and then um, my body gave out. I had a lot of health issues, so I had to literally move home and heal, which is um, a lot of That's actually how the song Shadow really began, was I was lying in bed for six months and c- could barely even play, and I was kind of working out all of the, the stuff in me that I didn't love, because what else do you do when you lie in bed by yourself but self-reflect? <laughs> yeah. Did, were you actually making music while you while you were um, you know bedridden, or was it kind of just you, you coming up with your ideas at that point? It was a little bit of making music. I mean, I had weeks and sometimes like a month at a time where I really could barely get out of bed, and so there was not a lot of playing happening. Um, but it was a lot of a lot of writing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of lyrics, I think, came from that time, and a lot of reflecting. Um, and a little bit of writing. Shadow was the first song when I was strong enough to loop again mm-hmm. and to really do all of the, takes yeah. a lot of energy. Yeah. So when I was ready to do that again, Shadow was the first song that came out. Um, I have noticed that quite a lot of your songs are quite philosophical, they're quite deep, they, they are discussing bigger issues. Um, where, where do these larger questions come from? Um, yeah, where do these larger questions come from that you address in your tracks? Yeah, well, I'm just fascinated with what it is to be human on this planet and what it is to live in a world where ultimately we are all interconnected and yet struggle to fully realize that and to act from that. So um, some of it comes from my spiritual path. I have a Buddhist practice and a meditation practice. So a lot of time just thinking about how um, all life is so dynamic and so rich and things are always coming together and coming apart. And that leads me to really thinking about compassion and equanimity. And I've always been just um, heartbroken by war and violence and aggression in the world. And in looking at that, kind of this, this record is really about how we can open our hearts to it rather than shut down, how we can really hold it and we can really bear witness to what is happening and also be okay with not having the answers or the solutions, like really just hold it. And I think that that's where our actions can come more from a place of wisdom and from a place of being heart-centered than, and not so much in our who's right and who's wrong mentality, which I think is not going anywhere. So this is really, where did it come from? It, it definitely came somewhat from a spiritual path, but also just my own heart, like being being with what I feel and what I see and trying to process that and, and ask, you know, how do we, life is hard. How do we mm. really be in the world? Mm. Um, and as, uh, as we mentioned, you guys have got a showcase tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said it's like a, it's a gig and plus. So I'm kind of curious to what the plus was uh, or is. Multimedia. Okay. So... One of the people you can't see right now is our friend Meredith Muse, who is doing an art installation um, piece that will be there. Emma has gotten the Vermont Dance Alliance. Um, they were choreographing a piece for one of her songs. Um, three. Three songs. Oh, wow. Three now. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, um, 
I think it's a really beautiful time right now to collaborate in all the different ways that we can. I mean, even from like the running sound standpoint or in the interview, like everything that we can all do together becomes more in in this community in the community that we build together mm-hmm. so that's um so it's gone from a cd release to um yeah just very much more mm-hmm. yeah and it sort of came from you know when you're making a record you're spending a lot of time if not alone like with one other person the producer <laughs> especially when you play all the instruments yourself mm-hmm. and the ones you don't play your producer plays so um i really wanted like this record i've been sitting with it for so many years and and writing and then recording and these topics are so big and the records both like it's really personal but it is universal and i i really wanted it to be about more than just me i really wanted to bring this music to the world in the way that brought in other people who are feeling what i'm feeling and thinking what i'm thinking and and maybe thinking what i'm not thinking right so they'll bring mm. something new and expressive and exciting to it so that was the intention to make it multimedia to get other people on board so it's going to be a fantastic night and it's also really about inviting the audience to engage. So I think that we need really healthy outlets right now to process what's happening either personally or in the world. So the idea of this show is that that, that you're witnessing and you're there with the art and the dance and the music, but you're also able to um, you know, feel it, to feel it and then to engage. So we have some interactive art projects happening and some different ways for people to actually contemplate some of these these thoughts that we're offering and and um kind of say them back to us Mm. in a way and i think with the with all the different mixed forms of art that we're using that contemplation is open to whatever it is that you feel comfortable with and that's part of it too is not not being pigeonholed into thinking that this is the only way to hold space or this is the only way to release grief or whatever it is that that needs to happen at that time that it is okay to go into a dark space by yourself. It is also okay to go dance it out. There's there's no formula for how we um, go through things, and especially now when everything's changing so fast and in sometimes such a horrific way um, that it is very important for us to recognize that we all, as much as we have a lot in common, we also have different ways that we need to sort of explore how we go through this. Mm. Absolutely. And so you mentioned it kind of started with, with just be your kind of album release party and it kind of snowballed. Were these the sort of thoughts and feelings that came up as you kept adding more elements to this project? Actually, Meredith and I, um, last year, <laughs> it feels like a million years ago, but between um, all of the police killings that were happening, I mean, all, the whole... Forever, up mm-hmm. until the election, and then that horrific thing that mm-hmm. happened in November. Um, Meredith runs a speakeasy in Moortown, um, and I help manage it, and I run the sound for it, um, and was helping book for it. And so we really then wanted to come up with um, like a solidarity show where we had we we gave that space because we needed it mm-hmm. <laughs> for everyone who needed to come and be in a safe space to weep, to rage, to do whatever whatever was necessary. And the idea of this sort of multimedia of um, collaborating in a sort of revolutionary way and a healing way with other artists, regardless of what medium you use, was something that we were trying to do. And then we just got so, we were just such a mess. 
that we couldn't pull it together mm-hmm. at that time. So what we did was have a um, a solidarity sort of open stage for folks to start our season out um, last year. And so this is like perfect mm-hmm. because now Meredith is here. Emma's here. We're doing this. My friend Zaka is here who's going to be filming it tomorrow and we'll make a mashup later of that video mm-hmm. um, that we're all, we're actually doing it. And the more people that we get involved in these ways, I mean, you can do these big productions then. It's not, it really isn't about one person and spotlighting that one person, we become a giant entity when we're all together mm-hmm. and when we mm-hmm. balance all of these different talents. Yeah, and I think, you know, for me, it, it's interesting. I, kn- I knew most of that, but it's amazing. Every time I hear you speak about it, I, I take in more. And for me, it's just how we kind of work tonight. We're so in sync. Like, I literally wrote out a document and said, here's what I want to do for my album release. <laughs> And so I thought that's what you were going to say. I thought just now you were going to say, well, Emma sent me this thing. But no, but that, so I sent her this thing and it was exactly what she was mm. already imagining. So it's, it's, you know, that to me is peace, right? That's how peace happens in our world. Peace. And it's just, it's, um, I think it's also very indicative of how much we're all looking for that and how, how, how much, um, in the majority, I mean, of course there's fringes on either side, but most of us are really trying to find a place to f- to um, release this and come together and do these things. And um, when we're paralyzed the way that um, the politics are now and everything else, like it, it is hard to realize. I think it's like a sort of trauma space that we're in to realize that there there's somebody like right here who wants to do the same thing mm-hmm. right next to you and then across the hall also. And when we're able to sort of um, step out of that grief and step out of the fear and everything else that's going on to recognize that all around us, we're all sort of trying to to find and make sense of what's happening. Then yes, here we go. We have, more than four artists performing mm. tomorrow night, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. in, in all of their special ways. Well, talking of artists performing, I think it might be time for another song. So, um, either or, I mean, who, who's getting nominated this time? <laughs> We'd like nominate. to nominate each other. Tonight, <laughs> uh, so what will you be playing for us? I'm going to play a song called Slow Down. Okay. Um, and I tend not to really write overtly political songs because I feel like it's... Um, pretty obvious, mm-hmm. at least the way I am. <laughs> um, and I also found I also feel that sort of we do have a lot in common in the world of emotion, like mm-hmm. with each other. And I kind of I started writing with the idea that if I exposed these parts of myself, then maybe less people would think that they were the only ones feeling that. Mm-hmm. So. This is actually a song I wrote when I was accompanying my friend's band to South by Southwest. And the first song I wrote in a house full of people while they watched me. Oh, that's, that's a lot of pressure. You, well, usually I'm pretty private about it, but it's very... Um, it was pretty liberating to just play it. That's how the Rolling Stones wrote quite a lot of their early music, was getting locked in a kitchen at a house party. And their manager wouldn't let them uh, come out until they finished it. So obviously there's there's (laughs) a method to the madness. Uh, So now, take it away. 
She took her heart, stood absolutely still, filled it up, and built it stronger still. She said, I go slow, cause I don't know why there's nothing to run from anymore. And I go slow, cause I don't know why there's nothing to run to yet. So I'm gonna fly, gonna fly. performing and i'm very sorry to forget the name of the song slow down slow down well that, that should have been obvious with well, the, the usually my titles are the most often repeated lyric in the song so that i don't forget what my songs are when i'm on stage that, that'll be noted the next time you sing um, uh, as i understand it tonight you, you you have a full band uh, and that band's called tonight mm -hmm. and then solo you play as tonight tomlinson which is your full name um so what do you have with your band? What's the essence you have with your band? And what's the essence you have with your solo work? How do those things differ? They're actually pretty much the same. I actually play under Sunite all the time. Okay. Um, so I played solo for like 19 years. Um, 
and then started working with bands. Well, there was a lot of evolutionary shift there very quickly. Uh, when I started working with bands, um, I guess I was really ready for it. I've done a lot of solo stuff, a lot of solo albums, um, and I grew up, though, doing choral work and doing ensemble work, and so I was really starting to want to take that um, very private solo work that I had been doing on my own and open it up. So I, at this point, I don't have a band that I use all the time. I have different players that I love and that we work really well together. And depending on the show and depending on availability, I hire them. And um, it really, it was a sort of liberating uh, feeling of being able to really get the players or the no players for that particular show, depending what that show needed. So I'm not lugging a band around to a coffee shop, <laughs> but I'm not then playing for four hours by myself in a bar. Um, and what I find that's really beautiful about playing with other artists is that um, every time I get on stage with somebody else, the song changes. And so I'm less bored with my own stuff, which does happen. <laughs> and it, it, it's just really exciting to work off of other people and be able to sort of um, make that song kind of fresh on the stage as we're going about it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I, can, uh, I, was, I was actually talking to someone last week that um, does something very similar, Steph Pappas, who plays solo, but then in her 30 to 40 years playing on the road, she's kind of got different band members in every single state, and she says very much the same thing every time she plays with someone else it's like an entirely new different song it is and I, I mean i have played shows and because of where i mean i live in the foothills of the white mountains mm. um so it's really really geographically difficult to get together and practice all the time so what i found is find i i, I find artists who i can just be like okay we're playing a show here i'll meet you there and our practice is our gig. Mm. So I've, I've, I've sat through shows where the drummer just takes it and it turns into a completely different song. And so, I mean, in a sense, it, may, it taught me how to be less rigid <laughs> as a solo performer who just did everything the way I did it and the way I wanted to. Um, because you're either going to have a complete meltdown on stage because now the, the whole meter's changed, everything's different, or you just go with it and figure out what the song is and allow it to be this sort of, you at least know the words and the basic chords and you just go with everything else, you know? And it, it really has pushed me to be um, a better artist. And, and um, I think these collaborative types of events and shows and everything else you can do with somebody else sort of put... It, it's important to get pushed out of your comfort zone mm. into these places where you develop this giant unified voice because we're all coming from these different places mm. as opposed to trying to control every tiny little thing that the other members are doing. No, don't play that chord. Well, I'm, I can't do that on stage mm. without, you know, <laughs> kind of being an ass, you mm. know? <laughs> so. I'm just dying here I'm laughing so hard because the loop pedal is completely the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also why I don't loop anymore because I couldn't loop with my band. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you can't really blame the loop pedal for taking the song in a new direction mm -hmm. either. So at least you have an excuse, I suppose. 
it kind of gets set in that one direction and that's the direction it's going yeah to go yeah i mean it's I'm wonderful what you're saying it's like oh yeah i remember those days of being liberated like not being set in what is set mm. once it's there it's so like ships passing in the night mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much that's what's liberating about making a record though i feel like is you get to play more and experiment and see mm-hmm. what the song wants to be and yeah, it's beautiful to hear all that. Well, we were talking about having a whole looping show, so we'll see how we go with that. Yeah, oh, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> Maybe we should do. We could have a looping show, and then we could do just no loop at all—a complete free for all <gasps> show. Oh my gosh, I just scared myself. <laughs> <laughs> ideas popping off tonight. Um, and this question is actually for both of you. Uh, so you're both solo artists, in in essence. Mm-hmm. Um, have you? Do you ever sit down and collaborate to write songs with anyone? No, Even? we hate people. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I um, I don't hate people, but I'm not a great co-writer. Um, I really, I feel like songs come to me. I feel like they're are they're just arrive and they sort of are knocking and say, "Hello, listen, we have something to say to you," and then I write them. Um, so I don't know how that would work with someone else. That being said, my producer Colin McCaffrey, who will be playing bass with me tomorrow. He um, really helped me kind of rearrange these songs for recorded form. And, and that was kind of a co-writing experience. But I think that, that um, it would be challenging for me to have just kind of a free-for-all. Like with Colin, I was sort of leading the ship, and then he was kind of giving me input and helping me shape the ship, hmm. so to speak. But I don't know. Have you done co-writing? Um, I've done a little bit. So I'm, I'm very much like Emma... Um, I don't spend a lot of time writing songs. I usually, it's sort of like a PMS. Mm. Basically, I get really, really irritable and I know that something's going to come out. <laughs> and um, I hold then hole up in my room and make the song, song happen. And if I have it memorized by the end of the day, and um, then the song is allowed to stay. Mm. That being said, um, I have done some pieces where... Um, I had a producer I was using in Olympia, Washington for a long time because I lived out there. And um, he put to, we put together basically a song that we created out of samples and loops. And then I took that song that we created together and wrote the lyrics for it. And that was beautiful. It was very amazing. I, I play guitar because it's the most convenient portable instrument for me to write songs on wherever. And I was living on a sailboat for a long time. Mm. That's you can't have a keyboard very easily on a small sailboat. So mm. um, it was really liberating for me to be able to put my guitar down and just write and sing as a vocalist. So I really look forward to finding the right folks to do the collaborations with. I think that I do have to have a certain degree of, you know, I it is a flash. It's an inspired style of writing, which not everybody does. Some people really work through stuff. So for me, it would it would be probably working with someone like Emma, where we had our own different ways of flashing on it, and then come together with that collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I again, I think a lot of that has to do with you know our different styles of creativity, and like the song that I just played that I wrote with a whole group of people is the first time I was ever able to do that. I could have people around me, but I'd have to at least pretend they were asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For me to be in that creative space and feel isolated enough to experiment with the things I was doing. so Yeah, I think it's very vulnerable to co-write. And I was listening to a great interview. Um, 
I wish I could remember who it was and I don't right now, but she was talking about that, that it's to, to, before a song is complete to, I wish I could quote this person because this is directly from someone. This is not from me, (laughs) (laughs) but I really resonated with it that before a song is actually complete to like, to allow someone in to that fragile, vulnerable space. It's, it's like being with a lover. Mm -hmm. Mm. Definitely. Definitely. A lot of, lot of trust there yeah come in. a lot of trust and for someone to kind of you know see yeah see you see the song before it's um it's clear before it's ready before yeah. it it knows who it is yet yeah in the process of that writing I mean for me so I'll like write the majority of the song but there are a lot of words I'm that haven't really f- mm. gotten into place yet so it takes my memorization and then a couple days usually for me to get the ends of how all of those phrasings are going together. So definitely I think Mm -hmm. um, it, I would really need that feeling of um, safety and closeness in that process. And then also, you know, I guess there's ego involved in the sort of wobbly bits of your voice as you're figuring out the chords and the vocals and your lyrics and trying to figure out how that melody line is going to go that um, I had an English teacher when I was in high school who started to critique my music and then turned to me and said, don't ever listen to anybody and don't take any advice because there's an evolutionary process in our bad writing too, in Mm -hmm. our youthful writing, in every part of it. So in that sense of collaboration, I think it would be really important to have be working with somebody where you could not have things changed like maybe you did chunks of it you Mm. know like I'll write a verse you write a verse Emma (laughs) (laughs) or I don't know how that works Mm. I don't know how it works and keep that sort of um, beautiful process Mm. of the birth of like a a birth of music of a song of a creative piece I think you have to be at a place where you really trust your own voice Mm -hmm. and you are able to tell when you're giving that up and if that giving up is okay if it's it if it still exactly. feels feels good or if you're um you're losing that that part that connects you to the song so i think that that's i think co-writing is a very mature thing to do as a songwriter that you have to have really you know put your feet in the ground and and discovered your own voice before you can collaborate in that i agree with that that's very well said yes. um i think it might be time for another song as we're we're coming up to the last twenty minutes, and I want to get a few more in there before before we have to say goodbye. So, um, Emma, I'm guessing it's your turn. I guess it's my turn. Yes, <laughs> Emma is nominated. About <laughs> what song are you going to play for us? I'm going to play the song "Home," and we were talking before um, tonight played about all of the topics of this album and of this event tomorrow. So, this song, you know, "Home" is. Um, Really, for me, it's on the heart and mind these days. There are a lot of people being displaced from their homeland. So that's really what this song is about. All right. I'm back with home. Please take it away.
back there with home. Uh, I noticed a lot of different cultural elements, especially in that song. Uh, you've got like an Irish folk singer kind of style about you. There's Middle Eastern vibes, um, especially with the, the vocals on that. Um, do you do you draw a lot from world, world music? Absolutely, yeah. I've done. A, I've studied a little bit of Balkan music and Middle Eastern music. I grew up singing with a Balkan choir here in Vermont, Village Harmony. No, they're not a Balkan choir, but I fell in love with the Balkan part of being in mm -hmm. Village Harmony. And then I studied a little bit in California, um, and then was in a um, couple different groups in Boulder, Colorado. So definitely a lot of there. I love that you said. Did you say Irish? Yeah, Irish and Middle Eastern. That's two. great. Yeah, I mean they're they're connected for sure. Um, I. Irish music probably comes from being a violin teacher mm. and teaching a lot of simple violin tunes and eventually you find all the amazing Irish tunes you can just stop teaching Twinkle. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I say that because I, there are some amazing Irish m musicians in Vermont and I do definitely don't consider myself one of them, but I, I do love the sound. Mm. Yeah. Um, I really want to talk about your album a little bit because it's coming out tomorrow uh, called Little World. Um, is it your debut album? It's my debut full-length album, yep. And you, you you, did kind of briefly say before, this has kind of been years in the make. So mm. tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I think I wrote the first song five, almost six years ago. The first song I wrote on the loop pedal was Little World. And then it went through several iterations of kind of attempting to go and record it with different producers and different people, um, all the way up to when I was really working on it with a producer out in, ca in California, Cameron Woodruff, who kind of co-produced two of the tracks on the, on the record. And um, I was working with him, and that's when I got sick and came back home. So it just kind of was put on hold for a long time. And then I, as I healed, I rewrote a lot of the songs. I found um, Colin McCaffrey, and we really spent the last two years making this record. So mm. been a long time coming, and feels really good to be finally sharing it. Yeah, I bet. Um, it was. Was there anything that went very quickly, and you were surprised? Anything you went slower than you slower than you expected? Um, what tell us a little bit about you know some of the the ups and downs of creating this record. I think everything went more slowly. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, was there anything that went too quickly? Um, I think I was a little shocked when it was complete. Like, we actually finished recording back in September, and all of a sudden it was done. Mm. And then I was like, well, now what? What do I do with this? And then we spent months, like, making the artwork and mm. marketing, and, like, it still takes a lot of time. So that was a surprise. Um, what was your or original question? I'm sorry. Um, just any kind of highlights or lowlights from the record as well, that was, or creating the record? Yeah, I mean, I think by the time I got into the studio with Colin, it was all highlights. Mm. It was really hard up until then. I just didn't know how I was going to record. Um, the record was, it was um, made possible by 200 supporters on Kickstarter. Oh, wow. So that was a lot of the how. Mm. <laughs> so big shout out to everyone who supported. Um, so it was, it was a struggle, I would say, until I got into the studio with him, and then it just, all the pieces came together, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about it, I'm very proud of it, and I feel like it's, it's um, just waiting to be heard. Mm. Um, is there any, um, so you got the, you got the show tomorrow, Are you got a tour or any other gigs coming up in the future to promote this album? I do, yeah. I'm doing a big West Coast tour. I mostly play house concerts, my mm -hmm. favorite way to just connect in intimate community. So I'm going out to um, Chicago, Boulder, Colorado, San Francisco, Portland, and back, and then a lot of New England stuff into the fall. 
So mostly house concerts, some venues. It's kind of becoming coming some venues here and there as well, small venues, bookstores. Um, I'm playing at a post office. Oh. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> in like in Cham Champaign-Urbana, near um, about two hours from Chicago, they have a post office music venue that they've turned into music. So I'm excited. Lots of community spaces. Badass. Um, are you just going uh, on your own or have you got anyone coming with you? Are you meeting people along the way? Just me. <laughs> I consider the collaboration is between, you know, all the hosts and the other people. So there'll be a lot of people involved in it in that way. But driving myself across the country, I lived in Boulder, Colorado for about seven years of a big group of people there. So once I get there, there'll be potentially some collaborations. I'm actually going to play the Women's Songwriter Showcase that I used to run in Boulder nice. that where I met tonight. <laughs> so that's kind of, that's really exciting to be back there. So that'll be the one show with a bunch of other people. Wonderful. Kind of a a homecoming in a way yeah absolutely yeah that's, be, that's gonna be great um and um yeah i think we've got about time for about one more song um i'm guessing as we're coming up to the hour mark um whose turn is do it do you want to do another one since you have your whole set up i wonder i mean are you sure yeah. i i I would love to play a song from the record so people can hear a song from the record. Yeah, absolutely. Is that possible? They're shorter than my looping song, so okay. it won't take as long. Well, in which case, we'll probably <laughs> have, we might have enough time for a couple of questions. Okay. Let's play Refugee. Okay. Um, this is another song about being displaced from home, in a sense. Um, I wrote it right after the travel ban. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> Refugee by Mabek. I'm hiding here in the dark, writing songs, making love. I'm hiding out there on the stage under lights and the gave you think that you can tame me think again I was wild once gonna be wild again I call my doubt out by name she's been hiding too long unchecked unchained In her hair, she describes to small girls' eyes why the newscaster he breaks it to keep us safe. We turn back your rays. You are the bad ones. You are the bad ones. You are the bad ones. She says. We've known a life of strife Father, brother, sister, wife Take comfort, my child Where kindness is shown We came for the American dream Life, freedom, equality Well, now we see who is free And we, we are the bad ones We are the bad ones We are the bad ones 
Refugee. I mean, you don't pull very many punches with that, that song. I was just kind of flicking through the lyrics and listening to them uh, as we're listening to that song, and uh, some pretty pretty harsh words that I'm assuming you're referencing uh, America in general when you say we're the terrorists, or are you referencing the refugees themselves? I'm, um, I'm refer referencing the how we make conclusions about people. And, you know, I'm standing here and I am very white. <laughs> and, and I wrote this song just really trying to put myself in the shoes of what it would feel like to be discriminated against, you know, based on religion, skin color. And I have no idea what that's like, but I've, I felt like a lot of this record is me trying to understand, to reach across and, and understand what that's like, and then also dealing with my own confusion around it and my own heartbreak, essentially. So there's, there's those two voices in the song that weave in and out, which is my own voice of like, I'm hiding here in the dark, like what do I do as a white person? <laughs> and, then, and then trying to understand what is that like? And so there's a lot of um, sarcasm, I guess you could say, in the song. So when I'm saying terrorists and when I'm saying you know, the lines at the end, like, to be human, we've, we've got to learn to abuse, or, you better, or you're going to be used. So you better do what you've got to do to survive. Now, I've, I don't actually believe that, of course, but I see that in our world. right? I see that all the time where we're, we feel threatened. And I say we because Again, I feel like it's important to, to own that we all have these tendencies inside and not just point fingers. And so I, we all have tendencies when we feel threatened 
to attack back. And I just know deep in my heart that that's never going to end cycles of violence. So that's what the song is about. So the bad ones, it's like first, um, it's the newscaster that says, you are the bad ones. And then it's the refugees themselves saying, okay, you've called us the bad ones. And part of it is this um, mother trying to explain to her daughter why, why they're being called the bad ones. And you're saying, so tomorrow is a showcase of kind of uh, trying to bring a bit more healing um, following, I mean, the multiple different layers of strife that are going on currently. Um, just uh, to wrap this up, give us a, just give us the 15 second eleva- elevator pitch for tomorrow's gig. She wrote it, so she'll say it. <laughs> okay, raise up your eyes tomorrow night at Arts Riot. It's the album release show for Little World. It's also a community gathering and a multimedia performance. There's an art installation by Meredith Muse. Jesse Owens and Hannah Satterley will be doing live dance to the song. Tonight is opening. I will be performing with my bass player, Colin McCaffrey. And it is really about bearing witness to our world and bringing your um, grief, bringing your heart, bringing your longing and your hope and engaging with these topics in, in a multimedia format. Um, 7 p.m. art show, 8 p.m. performance. Come, be with us, share with us. EmmaBackMusic.com for more information. Snap. <laughs> Wonderful. <I> could, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Emma, tonight, uh, thank you guys so much for coming in today. Wish you all the best of luck for tomorrow. It sounds like it's going to be a fantastic event. Um, Emma Beck, uh, Back has got a new album out, Little World. It's coming out tomorrow. Emma, where is it available? EmmaBackMusic.com or all your streaming places okay excellent um so night where can we find your music uh sonight.com that would be s-e-n-a-y-i-t.com um and then i also have a facebook page um which is easier to contact at this point i use my website as i don't know like a directory to mm-hmm. all the other places <laughs> yeah, I see um well guys once again thank you guys so much for coming in really do appreciate it uh, absolutely wonderful music this evening. Next week, we've got Deep Brother Saints and Metamorph. They're coming on. Um, that's all we've got for tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this has been The Rocket Shop. I've been your host, Tom Proctor. You have a good night.